there's a, a sign that sometimes appears on housing developments that commuters go past. It says, if you lived here, you'd be home now. It plays on the idea that, you know, we don't like the long journey. We want to be home. We want to be home. We want the warmth. We want the safety. We want the comfort of our own place. And for some, they, they don't have that comfort, that safety, that security. But it's a basic need. It's a basic desire within our heart. Home is normally the place we are most familiar with, the place that we inhabit. It's shaped by our desires, our likes, and also our dislikes. It's shaped by those that we shape it with, be it family, be it friends, be it animals. And it's also shaped by our budget. We can generally choose the styling and we make it our own. But as Christians, we have another concept of home that's not the place where we live now. But the home which is our heavenly hope. The sure and certain hope of dwelling for eternity. It is with Christ in the fullness of his kingdom. It's a realm that is free from suffering. A life where there is no discomfort or pain, no war, no hunger, no homelessness, no financial stress through debt or poverty. In our mortal life at this time, we do not see anything like this home. We might get a brief glimpse, but we never experience it in all its fullness. But we do see something of it in the Bible, in the promise that the faithful will know it. And it was to open the door to this new home that Christ came among us. And our passage today from Luke tells us not simply of a, a deposit, but the means by which the full price was paid, that we can be forgiven and receive the key of access. At Golgotha, at the place of the skull, crucifixions take place just outside the city. And this is where Jesus and two others are nailed up. And Luke doesn't tell us what those other folk have done, what crime they've committed. 
There's one on his left, one on his right. What have they perpetrated? In general, the cross was for very serious offences. A punishment for the most serious of crimes against the state, particularly violence and insurrection. But with the presence of these three, we start to see a series of contrasts within the passage. Because we know that the one in the middle is innocent. He has done no wrong, has Jesus. And yet we hear a confession from the other two that they are guilty. We have here words of love and forgiveness, words of Jesus. But directed at Jesus, we have words of hate and of mockery. We have in this story abusers of power. And we also have one who lays down all his power, who surrenders that power. We have the faithful, the one that follows the Father, and we have the faithless. We have the heckling shouts for Jesus to save himself, And we have Jesus' action, which is to save others. Out of each pair of those things, which do you want in your home? The love or the hatred? The joy or the sorrow? the sacrifice or the abuse, the way of the earth or the way of the one who made the earth, the king of all creation. Not every king, not every ruler saves others. Throughout the the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament we have, David is held up as, as the best of the kings. He's the one that they often speak of and turn to. But in the Old Testament, in 2 Samuel 11, the story of David and Bathsheba begins with the words, in the spring at the time when kings go off to war, And then we are told how David stayed in Jerusalem and sends Bathsheba's husband to the front so that he will be killed. Although in other battles David had been a brave warrior, a leader, a king, that spring David had not taken the risk but behaved immorally. 
The story of the cross is the story of the true perfect king. The king who is the son of David. The king who does not avoid the action, but sacrificially gives of himself. It's not a case of sending others off to the, the battlefield to do the work, of ordering the conscripts to a journey towards what may be their death. No. Jesus has taken our place. And he has come into the world for this. The crowd, the rulers, the soldiers, one of those impaled alongside him, call out, save yourself. But had he done that, had Jesus not died on the cross, which is what Islam teaches, be it through substitution or other means, if he had not died, then where is the means of our forgiveness? Where is our redemption? How can the restoration of relationship between humanity and God be achieved if Jesus had saved himself? It cannot happen. The king's cross that place of his pain and his death is the place of forgiveness. Not because of what we have done, but because of what Christ has done. Because of the action and acceptance of that path by Jesus. Those words, as he, he says, as he hangs there, even as being crucified, even in all that humiliation, as he hangs there naked, the, the soldiers casting lots for his clothes, Father, forgive them. Reminds us that even in this agony, even in this pain, he is full, full of mercy. Full of mercy. And we are reminded too that it's never too late to turn to Jesus. The second criminal recognizes that this truly is the Messiah. The sign that says the King of the Jews is not the mockery that it's intended to be, but a statement of the truth. The second criminal knows Jesus and knows of his innocence and pleads, remember me when you come into your kingdom. To which we hear the response today, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus offers this criminal
He's done a serious offense. He offers this man the hope of the new creation, the hope of the eternal home, the hope of new life in the kingdom. We who are not in the home we dream of and await the second coming of the day that we are called forth are called in the meantime to be faithful. To be faithful is, is more than sharing with words and song the vision of home. but rather like expats or exiles who, who may behave as if in the land they belong. We have to have something of that home in the place we currently reside. Not simply the house, but upon the fallen earth where we live. What we need to have is love. And we need to have love like Jesus has love. Love even for those who do things that we dislike. Even for those that we really want to hate. We have to have love. We need to have a desire that we see the best come to everyone, hearts of grace and mercy, hearts that forgive, remembering as we think of forgiveness that God is also just. Too often, historically, particularly in cases of abuse, Church leaders have uh, privately counseled forgiveness. But we also have to speak of justice. And where evil criminal action has happened, the two go hand in hand. The way of Jesus, the way of the kingdom is also of sacrifice. Seeking not our personal gain, but what honors God. Justice, love, not our gain. Is our number one priority in life giving honor to God and reflecting that way of Jesus who went to the cross for us? Is this our priority to honor God? And do we sacrifice in our time, our energy, our money, our use of our talents? Is this who we are? In reflecting God's ways, by being sacrificial, loving people, we offer a glimpse 
of the kingdom that's in the world, but is only just breaking through. Not yet in its fullness. Until that day when it is in its fullness, let us offer a vision of where we long to be. The eternal home revealed by the way of Jesus. Let's live for him all our days. And trust in him for each moment of our life. Amen.